With the fantasy football season winding down, let's talk about the last waiver wire pickups for 2023. First on my list is Josh Palmer. Palmer is rostered in about 46% of leagues, and with the Los Angeles Chargers going through a period of transition, Palmer should get a really good look down the stretch. Keenan Allen has missed the last couple of games with a heel issue, and it wouldn't surprise me to see the Chargers err on the side of caution and hold Allen out for the rest of the year. At this point, both Allen and Herbert probably have the most job security on offense, but for the rest of the players, they're pretty much fighting for a roster spot. Palmer looked great to begin the season. From weeks 3 through 7, he was really coming on, playing nearly 90% of the snaps, and was very much involved. Then he had a knee injury and missed some time, but he was able to come back, and over the last two weeks, he's been pretty productive, catching 9 passes for 160 yards and 1 touchdown. And this week, Palmer and the Chargers get the Denver Broncos, who have given up the ninth most passing yards per game with around 235. And he's clearly playing ahead of Jalen Guyton and Quinton Johnston. I think Johnston will be good in some time, but he's still a little bit raw at this point. The only issue for Palmer, really, is the quarterback situation. Easton Stick is definitely not Justin Herbert, but if he locks onto Palmer and forces him some volume, he could definitely create value for Palmer. If Allen does end up missing this game, I think Palmer can be penciled in as a low-end WR2, especially in PPR. If Allen does play, then Palmer would be more of an upside WR3. Next on my list is Zamir White. White's only rostered in about 30% of leagues, and he could have some serious value down the stretch. Josh Jacobs is set to miss his second game in a row with a quad injury and an illness, and White should be the bell cow once again. He finished last week with 20 touches for 85 scrimmage yards and a touchdown, and he looked pretty good in the spot start. He's set to carry the mail against the Chiefs again today, and if Jacobs were to miss again, then he would get a really good matchup in the Colts, who allowed the fifth most rushing yards per game with around 131. Jacobs was able to turn in one limited practice this week, but it doesn't seem like he's quite there just yet. Antonio Pierce has made it clear that he wants all the starters to play, even if they're a little bit banged up, so he may push Jacobs to make an effort to play against the Colts, but it still kind of remains to be seen. I would imagine that whoever does get the start is going to be used heavily. Even though White hasn't quite met the expectations he had coming out of Georgia, he's still very serviceable if he gets the start. If he does end up getting the starting nod, you could pencil him in as a volume-based RB2. Next on my list is Chris Rodriguez. The sixth-round rookie out of Kentucky got a spot start for Brian Robinson yesterday, who's missed the last couple of games with a hamstring injury, and he looked pretty good. He notched 11 touches for 65 scrimmage yards and a couple of touchdowns, and he clearly played ahead of Antonio Gibson, who finished the game with 10 touches for 32 scrimmage yards and one touchdown of his own. The only issue for Rodriguez is that he didn't escape the game unscathed yesterday. He was spotted in a walking boot, and it seems like he has some sort of foot injury. If he isn't able to go, then Gibson would be a risky RB3. If he is able to go and Robinson is out, then you can pencil him in as an RB3 with some good touchdown upside. Either way, both players are kind of a risky start ultimately, and this week the Commanders go up against the 49ers who allow the third fewest rushing yards per game with around 89, so it's going to be tough sledding for whoever gets the start. Next on my list is KJ Osborne. Osborne's rostered in about 16% of leagues, and he could have some really good value down the stretch. Yesterday, Jordan Addison left the game with an ankle injury in the second quarter, and TJ Hawkinson left the game in the third quarter with a knee injury. And if both of them were to miss next week, then Osborne would be propelled to the number two receiver in this offense. He finished yesterday with five receptions for 95 yards and a touchdown, and we've seen him make big plays in the past before, so it wouldn't be surprising to see him play opposite of Justin Jefferson should Addison and Hawkinson miss, but even if one of them plays, Osborne could have some WR3 juice. The Vikings have to win out if they want to have any chance of making the playoffs. And this week they go up against the Packers, who are also 7-8. and eight. So 
they're definitely going to be competitive. The only issue is the Packers allow the 12th fewest passing yards per game, and they are fighting for their playoff lives just as much as the Vikings, so this is going to be an interesting game to say the least. The other thing to consider is the quarterback situation in Minnesota. Nick Mullins threw for 400 yards yesterday, which was great, but he also had four interceptions and fumbled the ball twice. He didn't lose the fumbles, but ball security is clearly an issue, and I think that may be Osborne's demise, unless Mullins can clean it up should he get the start. Last on my list is Marvin Mims Jr. Rostered in only about 8% of leagues, Mims Jr. could have some value down the stretch. Unfortunately, Cortland Sutton suffered a concussion yesterday, and if he's not able to clear the protocol before this week against the Chargers, then Mims may be thrust into a larger role. Mims finished the game yesterday with three receptions for 65 yards, and he also tacked on an additional 87 yards in the return game. And that's what makes him so intriguing. He's really been their number one punt slash kick returner this year, and I would imagine that won't change too much, even if he is playing in most wide receiver sets. If Sutton were to miss, I could see Mims Jr. playing close to 60-65% of the snaps, and this week they get the Chargers, who allow the third most passing yards per game with around 259, so the matchup is great, and Denver has everything to play for. They need to win out to have any chance of making the playoffs. We've seen Mims make big plays throughout this season. Volume has really been the issue for him, but... At this stage of the season, I think he's worth the ad. He's a bit risky, but of course, if you're looking for upside, you could do a lot worse. Those are some waiver wire pickups for week 17. Thank you so much for watching. Please subscribe and let me know your thoughts heading into week 17 in the comments below.